Father, we praise you for your grace and your favour to our fathers in distress. We thank you for your grace working in our lives. And we pray that you would help us to praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were to put together the soundtrack for your life, which songs would you include? Perhaps there are particular songs that fit into particular periods of your life. Songs that when you hear them, you're reminded of a specific day or a particular incident or a particular period of your life. Maybe maybe the song that was the first dance at your wedding or a song from your childhood that sparks memories one of the songs that seems to stick in my memory was released about 21 years ago and 20 years ago this makes me feel very old now but 20 years ago we were leaving school Uh, we were in upper sixth at uh, Wallace in Lisburn and This song seemed to be the soundtrack to our upper sixth year. As we said goodbye to school and set out into whatever lay next. It's by Fatboy Slim and it goes a little something like this. We've come a long, long way together. Through the hard times and the good. I have to celebrate you, baby. I have to praise you like I should. And if you don't know the song, then that chorus just keeps going round and round and round and round and round uh, with kind of some sort of fancy music going on in the background. But at the age of 18, those words seem to sum up where we were in life. The end of an era that was the Wallace High School Lisper. And as I sat down to consider these chapters from Nehemiah, it seemed as if they could fit in to Nehemiah's story as well. You see, we've come a long, long way together from when we first met Nehemiah back in September. Back in chapter one, you might remember, Nehemiah was living in Susa, the capital of the kingdom of Persia. He was an Israelite, a member of the people of God who had never actually been in Israel, in the promised land. He had been brought up in exile far away from God's promised land. He had just heard the news of the state of the city of Jerusalem and it had caused him to weep. The people who had returned to Jerusalem were in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem was broken down and its gates had been burned with fire. The city and the people were in disgrace. It caused Nehemiah to weep, but more than that, it caused him to pray. And so Nehemiah prayed as God had put it on his heart to go with the king's support to rebuild the city and the people. 
And so since September, we've been following the hard times and the good that Nehemiah faced back in Jerusalem. It wasn't an easy job to rebuild the walls. Not everyone was on board with the idea. And there was opposition from outside. There were threats and taunts and mocking. There were problems inside the city as well as the rich people exploited the poor. Uh, They put them into debt and they were trying to make a fast buck. But despite all those problems, the wall was built in 52 days. And Nehemiah then turned to the other item on his checklist to rebuild the people of the city. He did that through the reading of the law, hearing what God wanted of his people, which led to joy, because as we've seen, the joy of the Lord is your strength. But it also led to repentance and a resolve to follow God's word. We saw that last week in their solemn agreement, setting out their promises to obey what God had said. Now in chapters 11 and 12, we see the final elements coming together in Nehemiah's grand plan of building up the city and building up the people. And remember why all of this is so important. God had promised that his Messiah, his king, would come through the Jewish people. And so it's vital for God's promises to be fulfilled that the Jewish nation is intact that it's prospering so that Jesus will be able to be born. So let's see how these final details of Nehemiah's plan come together. Back in chapter 7, we saw how uh, there was a problem because uh, the city was large and spacious, but there were few people in it and the houses had not yet been rebuilt. And that was identified at the start of chapter 7, but it's only really resolved here in chapter 11. The leaders, they live in Jerusalem, but there's still more room. And so, at verse 1, the rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of every ten to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while the remaining nine were to stay in their own town. Last week we saw how the, uh, the, um, their income was tithed, how they had to give a 10% of everything that they earned uh, to the temple service. Now the people themselves are tithed uh, as a tenth of them uh, are uh, chosen by lot to live inside the city of Jerusalem. And the rest of the chapter, uh, which you're very welcome to read later on when you get home, um, I've struggled over enough names in Nehemiah this, uh, this term. Um, but the rest of the chapter is a list of the residents of Jerusalem. Um, not a, a complete list, um, because there's only so many names, but at least 3,044 men are listed as you add up the numbers in each section. And that's besides women and children. And those at 3,000, maybe 
what, 6,000 plus the wives, so maybe 10,000 in total, uh, from Judah and Benjamin, as well as priests, Levites and gatekeepers, they all move in uh, to the city. Suddenly Jerusalem is full again. Jerusalem is um, coming alive again. And we also see where at the temple servants and the singers settle. Things are really coming together. Nehemiah's plan is coming together at last. It's like um, the A-team. This is like a trip down memory lane tonight. But the A-team, that was at Hannibal, said, I love it when a plan comes together. And we see how Nehemiah's plans are coming together here. And as chapter 12 begins, there are more names with the family tree of the Levites and the priests. But we're going to pick up again from verse 27 at the climax of all that Nehemiah had set out to do. And just as my school-leaving song puts it, I have to celebrate you. I have to praise you like I should. Here we see the great outpouring of celebration and praise to God because of all that has been accomplished in the city of Jerusalem. The occasion is the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem and with its dedication, it's setting apart for God's glory. With its dedication, then Nehemiah's building project is complete. The city will be secure. It will be returned to its previous position. The disgrace is taken away as they celebrate. And they take it very seriously. So verse uh, verse 27. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem... The Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps and lyres. The singers also were brought together from the region around Jerusalem. Now with Holy Week and Easter on the horizon as Lent starts in a week and a half's time, that the choir will be gathering from next week uh, to start practicing at some special pieces and you're very welcome to come along and join us uh, if you're uh, able to. Uh, here uh, we see all the singers coming from all their villages uh, coming together to sing along as the Levites play their musical instruments, their uh, cymbals and harps and lyres. But before they get to the music, there's an important priority. Verse 30. When the priests and Levites had purified themselves ceremonially, they purified the people, the gates and the wall. You see, you can't worship God with unclean hands or an unclean heart. They need to be purified, first of all. That's why we have confession uh, near the start of our service. Because as we come before God, we recognize that we are unclean. That we need to be cleansed. We need to be purified before we can worship a holy God. 
And that's what the Levites do here. They purify themselves uh, along with the priests and then they purify uh, the people, the gates and the wall. Once everything has been dedicated to God, has been purified, then they're ready to begin the celebration. From verse 31, then Nehemiah divides the leaders and the choirs and the people into two groups. And they're to go on top of the wall in opposite directions, playing and singing God's praise until they meet up at the house of God. It would be a bit like if, if we decided, you know, some Sunday morning or Sunday evening that we'd all meet at Fruitfield and some of us would come up Sleepy Valley and some of us would go round uh, Legacory. Isn't that right? Yes, Legacory Road. I always get confused between those two roads. Legacory Road and we'd eventually meet here. Or um, the nearest picture that I could think of what this would be like um, would be, you know, the Apprentice Boys of Derry. Uh, on Derry Day in August where they march around the, the top of the walls um, before or after the, the service in St. Columns Cathedral. But what's going on in Jerusalem is a bit like that. They are surrounding the city with praise. They're, they're making sure that every stone is covered with the praise of God. And with each step that they take, They are praising the God who fulfilled his purposes despite the taunts and threats of the enemy. (coughs) Taunts like Tobias' words back in chapter 4 where he said, what they are building, if even a fox climbed up on it, it, he would break down their wall of stones. The enemies laughed and said, even a fox would destroy it. But here they are, the people of God, declaring God's praise as they walk on top of the the city wall. God is to be praised. By verse 40, both choirs have made it to the house of God. The singers take their places, the trumpets are sounded, and the note is a note of joy. It says, and on that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. They were making a big noise as they praised God. A big noise that could be heard far, far away away and if we were making a movie of Nehemiah's story this is probably where you would want to end isn't it the camera hovers over the scene as the crowd as the choir sings and the crowd joins in and everyone rejoices job done and then the camera pulls back with the sound of rejoicing still heard echoing far, far away until the titles roll and the movie's over. As Solomon, in an earlier period of Israel's history, had said when he dedicated the temple, praise be to the Lord who has given rest 
to his people Israel just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. As Solomon dedicated the temple in his day, he said not one of God's promises has failed. And yet there was more to do. Not least because the destruction of the temple came. And for Nehemiah, he rejoices as he sees God fulfilling his purposes in his day. But as you can see, if you have the Bible open in front of you, even his book isn't finished yet, let alone the whole of God's plans and purposes. And so for us, even as we celebrate all that God has done for us, as we look back and see the long, long way that we've come, the hard times and the good, and even as there's much to celebrate and much to praise God for, there is still more to come. He has not finished with us yet. For Nehemiah, the remaining verses in chapter 12 are all about setting the practical details in place. Things like storerooms and people to supervise them and offerings for the work of those who serve in the temple. They build on the precedent of what David and Solomon had commanded and they provide for the service of God's house just as they had promised at the end of chapter 10, we will not neglect the house of our God. We might look at the end of chapter 12 and think, well, that's a bit boring after the dedication. Well, actually, God calls us to keep going, to be faithful in all the details, big and small, as we serve him, as we see at what he is doing in our day. Tonight is an opportunity to look back, to reflect on how God has been at work in your life to fulfill his plans and his purposes. Rejoice in all that he has done, but don't just settle for what has been. Continue to look to the future. Dedicate yourself to his service to look to what he is doing today and tomorrow and how you can be involved as he builds his kingdom, as he works towards that great and final day of rejoicing. As we come to the end of this sermon, perhaps we can give the final word back to Fat Boy Slip. We've come a long, long way together through the hard times and the good. I have to celebrate you, Jesus. I have to praise you like I should. Let's pray. Father, we do rejoice in all that you have done. 
and for all that you have been for us. We pray, Father, that you would help us to continue to live for you and serve you. That we would see what you still desire to do in us and through us. So, Father, we pray that you would help us in all that you call us to for your praise and your glory. Amen.